This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Motorcycle Awareness Month. September is Motorcycle Awareness Month. This year, it's all about riders showing support for each other. You can do that by wearing something yellow. Wear yellow gloves, a yellow vest, or a bit of tape on your helmet. Wear yellow, however you like. The brighter, the better. Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If this is the first podcast you've listened to, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We we hope that you're enjoying the uh, the offerings that we're putting out. New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. That means we ride bikes, you ride bikes, we do what we think you'll like. And if you don't like what we're doing, hit us up on the email, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. As I said, my name's Ray Heron, joined by my trusty co-host, sometimes. Uh, Matthew Day Gillett. G'day, Matt. Hey, man. Good to be back. Yeah, we've got a bit to talk about. The on again, off again relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I just got to get stuff done. Sometimes it's in my head and I'm just, I'll hit record and I'll get it done. And other times I'm like, hey, let's have a yarn. Um, but we've got a bit to talk about and we've got a bit coming up. So I thought, let's seize the opportunity on what is a Friday night and uh, have a yarn. Yeah, because this is first how we things roll. First. <laughs> we party hard on Friday night. <laughs> exactly, especially when we've got kids. Um, Motorcycle Awareness Month. Now, it is spring. Well, l- that's debatable. It is September, and when I went to school, the 1st of September was the first day of spring, but I've since found out that technically Southern Hemisphere spring doesn't kick off till like the 24th of September. I don't believe that. I'm going with the first day of spring as the 1st of September. And you know what happens in spring, Matt? These, these, we all know people like you and I, we're hardy souls, we ride all year round. But some motorcyclists put their bikes away over winter and come spring they get their bikes back out and uh, they start riding again. So we start seeing a whole lot more bikes on the roads, um, which means uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month. Not only are we saying to car drivers or cages as some people call them, to watch out for bikes, look again for bikes. But we're saying to motorcyclists, hey, think about what you're up to. If you're a bit rusty, maybe get a Ride Forever course under your belt. Think about your road positioning, make sure you're doing those checks on your bike and just take care out on the roads because even people who have been riding for 50 years and never had an accident can have an accident tomorrow. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Um, There's also lots of cool competitions going on um, throughout the month as well. I saw... Uh, Chris Power from the Dirt NZ sent us through. There's going to be a car park challenge here in Hamilton uh, very soon. I think it's going to be this weekend coming up. So, uh, yeah, there's all sorts going on. Lots of giveaways and tips and tricks. So get into it. Check out rideforever.co.nz. There's a whole stack of stuff. But the uh, the main message is to wear yellow while you're out riding to, uh, to show your support for the motorcycling community of New Zealand. That's the big thing. If you don't have any yellow riding gear, then maybe, just maybe, you can get yourself some um, yellow 100 mile an hour tape and um, chuck that on your helmet or something. Um, incidentally, I went through uh, a few of our national suppliers' uh, motorcycle gear lists um, a couple of days ago, Matt, to look for yellow motorcycling gear. Yeah. I didn't find an awful lot. Um, I found the the Arai Profile V in curb yellow. It's basically um, 
black, silver, and gray with flecks of yellow in it. And that was pretty much the only helmet, unless you were talking a dirt helmet. Uh, jackets, the Revit Spring H2O, that's got some nice yellow on it in the logo. The, um, the Icon Striker jacket comes in black, white, and yellow. It's essentially black with a white logo and, and some yellow accents. The most yellow I found was the Neo Sirius jacket in high-vis. That's uh, strikingly black and fluoro yellow. And then, uh, of course, you've got, you know, your, your RJ's Voyager uh, vest type things. Um, there's some awesome O'Neill um, dirt biking gear, which is black and yellow. Um, and then, of course, you've got your high-vis over, over jacket and over pants for rain. And the only boots I could find that had yellow in them were the, uh, the former Ice Pro racing boots, which I think if, if it's safe enough to be worn on track while you're racing, then it's got to provide some decent protection on the road. And former, being an Italian brand, they know how to make footwear. So um, there's, a, there's a bit of a rundown on whatever you can find yellow-wise at mudonz.com. I wasn't planning on talking about that in this podcast, but there's a <laughs> bit of a rundown for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything yellow I actually own. I think I've got a mustard yellow Royal Enfield T-shirt that I've had a few years. That's basically the only yellow thing I own. Hmm. <laughs> Unless you count the yellow not piping common. on my Scott, uh, my Scott Adventure or ADV360 or whatever it is jacket. It's got some yellow piping on it. Um, mm. but it's common to have just tiny little flecks of yellow like I've got some really nice Magna Exile gloves and the logo the Magna M on the gloves is is fluoro yellow or is it fluoro green it's it's up there anyway <laughs> speaking of new gloves I got some new gloves I didn't tell you about this before we recorded um, because obviously we're planning to go to um, the penultimate boom buster of the year um, so I hit up um, our friend Tal at Derby Accessories and he sent me these really, really nice five uh, MXF Pro Rider gloves, which I'm really, really looking forward to actually riding in. Um, mm. If I show You're you. You're making me jealous because I definitely need some new, um, some dirt gloves. But um, well, more about that shortly because we've got a few more things to get through. So that is Motorcycle Awareness Month. Make sure you're wearing yellow to show your support for uh, Motorcycling Community of New Zealand. Get involved in those challenges. And there's even some free Ride Forever courses going. In my garage at the moment, Matt, um, I've got a cool bike. I think it's a cool bike. I think it's one of the best-looking Harley-Davidsons out there at the moment. I've oh, here I thought you were talking about up. your Tenere again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've actually got a couple of cool bikes in the garage, but I've been riding the Harley-Davidson Breakout, Matt. Oh, yeah, what do you think of it? It's what That's a soft tail model, big engine, big, big wheels, big shape. Yeah, the Milwaukee 8114 which I think is about an 1800cc, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, soft tail, got a fat rear wheel and a skinny front wheel, but I feel quite at home on it, and I think I've worked out why. Now, this is going to sound funny, but bear with me. I think I feel at home on it because it's got the same sized wheels as the Tenere 700. <laughs> it's got an 18 rear and a 21-inch front. But that rear is like twice, if not three times the width of your dinner, eh? Does that not well, I know. I'm, factor in when I'm you stretching. it? <laughs> I'm stretching. I'm just trying to make it sound cool. Um, I, I had a conversation with the uh, Harley-Davidson PR company about a month ago, and they um, 
they gave me a big list of of Harleys that I could ride. One of them was the uh, Pan America, which I got, and it's the third time I've had a Pan America. And it's the first time that I've just gone, Ugh, I can't be bothered with you. Cause, and I covered it on the podcast. I had all sorts of electrical gremlins with it, and it annoyed the crap out of me, and I couldn't wait to get rid of it. Um, but they said, hey, look, this is the entire range we've got. What do you want? And I looked at them all, and I went, actually, you know what? The breakout with that kind of classic rear fairing, uh, you know, wheel arch situation going on, um, it's got quite a striking LED headlight. Uh, it looks pretty comfortable in the saddle. And I went, yeah, I think that could be a bit of me. And I didn't realize until I picked it up that I haven't actually ridden the Milwaukee 8 114 engine. Oh, um, how do you find it? Because I actually prefer boy. the 107. Um, yeah. So I had the 107, which was in the um, the Sport Glide I rode at the start of the year, yeah. which felt like big lumpy power, but it felt like it had more torque on, you know, on cracking the throttle. I didn't quite realise that it had such a low red line, and so I ended up redlining it and just cutting, like hit throttle cut yeah. um, when I was fanging up the motorway one day. The... Um, the engine that's in the breakout, it doesn't feel as savage. It feels quite smooth. Um, and I went for a bit of a ride on it, and the video will be up at mudonz.com on YouTube very soon. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite nice. It was, it was comfortable, and it takes a bit to get in your head that you're not riding a sport bike. You're not riding a high revving savage machine. It's a cruiser. And it was, it was, it was a lovely cruise on the 1st of September, uh, you know, first day of spring and the sun was shining and I quite enjoyed it. Ah, it sounds pretty nice. Yeah. I find I still always go back to that 107 cause I like, it's a bit more of a revy engine compared to the 114. Like the 114 is like a nice, as you say, like relaxed stump puller of an engine. You don't have to do much with it for it to just charge along. Um, and I just, yeah, I find the 107 a little bit more engaging. Um, but it'll be real interesting. I'm hoping to get a go on one of those new ST models with the 117 um, to see how much that next step on in the engines um, feels. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've received a very similar list from Harley's PR company, and I'm just trying to juggle the bikes that I have. Um, I've currently got one bike more than usual sitting here in the office with me um, that the wife is quite keen to get rid of, except she doesn't know that I'm riding it up to Auckland and swapping it for an even bigger bike next week. So that's going to go down like a cup of cold sick. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to trying to get on a Harley, maybe when the weather's a little bit more predictable, though. Mm, that's the one thing about one of these nice shiny cruisers is when it's questionable weather, even if it's showers, I don't really want to take it out because there's so many nooks and crannies that you then have to clean. Yeah, the cleaning's a bit of a pain in the bum, isn't it? I found on the Sport Glide when I had that early in the year, there was a shiny piece of billet or something um, on the side of the engine. I can't even remember where it was, but it reflected the backside of the exhaust really badly and it just mm -hmm. yeah it looked it didn't look great um it was yeah one of those pet peeves sort of things and yeah i don't like shiny bikes and in the rain i don't blame all the people that park up over winter like who wants to be cleaning their bike if you've got something that's got all that nice crime that you have to like look after just right otherwise it starts looking like crap um yeah i don't blame people for parking up over winter when the weather's crap 
One difference between the Sport Glide and the Breakout though, you and I both had the same issue with the Sport Glide where you've got the bars out in front of you and you've got the clamp in the middle of it. And it's a nice big shiny chrome clamp. Yeah. And as you're riding along, the sun reflects directly off that in your eyes. And even if you've got sunglasses or a tinted visor, your visibility is limited because you've got essentially a headlight in your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the uh, Breakout doesn't have that issue. The breakout's got that that classic Harley tiny little um, landscape styled LCD screen with everything's digital numbers. So even the the rev counter is digital numbers on yeah. it, and it's right on the bar clamp. So you don't have that problem with the breakout. But um, you were talking about shiny bits, and it just made me, uh, <laughs> made me think about that. I want to ask you about what's in your shed or your sleep out or your whatever you call it, the rumpus room at yep. the moment, very soon. <laughs> All right. I, I've just, um, you and I both got this press release from Harley Davidson and I just wanted to touch on it. They've announced a new model, Matt, the Harley Davidson Lowrider El Diablo. It sounds like a cool name, doesn't it? The one thing I want to know though is, is this a new model or is this the same old, same old with a custom paint job? Let me read you the first paragraph of the press release. All right. Harley Davidson turns up the intensity with an iconic styling theme with the introduction of the Lowrider El Diablo model, the latest offering in its limited edition Icons Collection program. In a nod to the American West Coast custom styling trend, the Lowrider El Diablo model combines lean performance and sport touring versatility with a stunning panelled hand-applied paint scheme and the sonic power of Harley-Davidson's audio powered by Rockford Fosgate. So is it just, is it the same old, same old with a fancy paint scheme and some big speakers? Yeah, well, it's it's not same old, same old because it's based on the new Lowrider ST, which only came out this year, but it sort of it amps it up quite literally with speakers and shit. Um, so yeah. it's a it's a V twin. It's the Milwaukee eight one one seven. It's a soft tail. It looks like it's going to be hitting New Zealand shores for about forty two seven fifty plus on roads. Yeah, like it's can, in terms of like limited edition American motorcycles, that's not priced horrifically. Um, like that's still what? How much did you say it was again? Forty. Forty-two seven fifty. Yeah, so that's like a full eleven grand cheaper or twelve grand cheaper than the, what Harley was trying to fling the live wire for, um, and you're getting significantly more motorcycle for your money with this. Um, the yeah, it's a thing Harley likes to do, isn't it? They like to they like to bring out like these special bikes. Um, yeah, it's like there's only fifteen hundred um, of these El Diablos that are going to be made worldwide. Who knows how many are going to make it here? Um, but they're kind of they're almost more collectors things, aren't they? Like guys that have a lot of money and then they just go, Oh yeah, that looks cool. I'll have it. Um, I don't think it's really for like the serious buyer or the serious guy that's going to ride the wheels off it sort of thing. It's they're too pretty for that. Um, so it's got the rear panniers off the sport glide. It's got the front end of a bagger. It's got a massive mono headlight and it's, um, it looks like, Gold flecked red paint with gold pinstripes. The Harley Davidson logo has been designed with some some devil horns. It's not a bad looking bike, but I think it looks mm. kind of cool. But it's also kind of showy, um, which 
judging by the majority of Harleys I see around the place, and like I'm only in the Waikato, so yeah, there's um, certain aesthetics. Um, but yeah, like that's, I think it's a really cool paint job. Like it's kind of like a candy red, isn't it? With a bit of orange in there. Um, like I think it's quite cool. It actually reminds me of Ryan F9's um, Harley from the Fortnite channel. He built up a, I don't know what model it was, um, but it had a sort of similar color to it. And yeah, I quite, I quite like it, but I think the majority of Kiwi motorcycle buyers, particularly Harley buyers, like to go for those more darker tones, don't they? And they always seem to have black as the cheapest model and then another couple of grand or something for anything that's not black. Yeah, I'm just rolling through the photos here and they've like it looks like a quite a cool, quite a fun bike to ride. Um, despite like it's a low rider, so it's not got the most ground clearance in the world and everything, but like I'm just looking at this and I'm going, Yeah, that actually looks quite cool and it doesn't a lot of these bikes that have these stereo systems put onto them, the stereos kind of take over the panniers. They take over the look of everything. Um, and this kind of looks like something that's been like falling out of the 70s or 80s almost. Um, like the more if I look at it, the more it out, I like go it. Go to MotoNZ.com uh, or on Throttle.co.nz. We'll both have uh, stories and photos of this bike up at our websites. You be the judge. Let us know what you reckon. <laughs> Just interrupting this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast to let you know it's spring. Have you thought about your motorcycle insurance? Protector Insurance do a massive range of motorcycle insurance. It's motorcycle insurance by motorcyclists for motorcyclists with some awesome benefits like they can give you the booking fee for your Ride Forever course back. They can cover not only your bike but your gear as well and they can do track day cover. So check out protectorinsurance.co.nz and get a quote today. I was incredibly surprised I even saved money on my policy. Protectorinsurance.co.nz. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-A insurance.co.nz. And thanks, Protector, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Uh, let's move on, Matt, to what's in your, your, your what do you call it again? Your rumpus room. My rumpus room, room my office. Um, we're not talking about Rosie the Rally. No, though she's still here. Um, I have a Ceph Moto 700 CLX Heritage, which I have had um, accidentally somehow um, had on a long-term test for the last two months. Um, I picked it up, um, well, it got dropped off to me in July, and here we are now in September, and I've still got it. Um, so as I said before, the wife's getting a little bit annoyed by having two motorcycles in our shared space. I've taken quite a liking to that. It was a bit of a rocky start at first. Um, the first ride I went to have on it, um, it turned out the ride by wire throttle plug had been disconnected slightly. So the bike was able to run, able to cruise along at 50 K an hour. But as soon as I twisted to full throttle to get on the motorway, um, the bike goes, Oh, something's not right here. And it threw a about four different error codes and I was sort of sweating it and sort of seen a few called up the distributor and we sort of went back and forth. I pulled um, the seat off and checked the battery was connected correctly and all right, disconnected the battery, reset the ECO, still did it and I scratched my head. Um, ended up calling the local dealer Hamilton Motorcycle Centre um, and they were awesome. They um, called them up and within an hour and a half, there was a bloke with a trailer outside my door um, he took it away, 
they looked at it and um, gave it a fine look over and they go, ah, there's your problem. Disconnected right by wire throttle plug. Um, and um, yeah, within four hours, the bike was back to me working perfectly. And ever since then, I've sort of been taking it out for sort of whenever I can, going for a blast around Lake Carapero. Um, and I took it into Hamilton the other day and that was a good bit of fun too. I see if motor, a lot of people be thinking, oh, what is it, Chinese? Is yeah. it, is it, is it even, is it even seriously a contender in this current, uh, this current competitive motorcycle world? Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, all right. So Chinese, you sort of think, oh, poor shoddy build quality. Um, literally like I've had it long enough to know I've gone over it with a fine tooth comb myself. The only thing that's like not perfect on it is there's a sticker on either side of the fuel tank. That's a sort of. It's not even really an essential sticker, but it's not laid on perfectly. It's got a bit of a bubble, a crease um, along a certain point of it, um, partway down the sticker. That's it. That's the only like negative thing I can say about it um, in terms of its build quality. It's some guy must have been learning how to put stickers on that day um, because the rest of it is fine. Um, the bike itself, it's got a 693cc parallel twin, I think it is. It makes about 50 kilowatts. And like it's good fun. It's got two rider modes. You've got an eco mode, which is very tame. Then you can chuck it in sport mode, and the throttle gets a lot more aggressive. Um, Eighteen inch front wheel, which seems a bit odd to me. It's kind of got flat track style Pirelli tires on it. Um, sorry, I just keep looking over my shoulder at it. It's quite a handsome bike, I think. Um, but by far the my favorite thing about this thing is it's brakes. It's got Spanish Jejuan brakes. And honestly, man, like I've been riding like banging it around Lake Carapero with this thing. And it's been almost like one finger on the front brake that I can like modulate it enough to like stop from like a hundred to pull into like a 35 K corner. Um, the front brakes. Awesome. I love it. Well, there you go. So it's um, it might be Chinese, but it's not absolute crap. Uh, looking forward to seeing your full write up on that. That'll be up, I'm sure, at um, on throttle.co.nz, probably on Driven at some stage, and maybe even Kiwi Rider Magazine. Yeah, we'll see if Ben and Veg want anything on it. Um, yeah, the other thing about it is, like, obviously that cubic capacity. You think of one bike, it's going up against the NT07HO. Um, pricing wise, I think there's a couple of grand in it. Like this is under 10 grand brand new and you've got adjustable suspension as well. So yeah, value for money. It's right there. Whether it lasts as long as the Yamaha or has the same, um, value in the used market, that's something to be decided. But, um, yeah, story will come very soon once I've sort of put pen to paper, as they say. Something else that's been spied out in the open that you can check out at onthrottle.co.nz, the potentially a brand new V-Strom, Matt. Yeah, um, this is sort of came out, um, well, this podcast is coming out just before the penultimate boom buster, isn't it? So last week, videos, well, not videos, photos emerged of what looks to be the new middleweight V-Strom from Suzuki. So... 2019 at EICMA, they unveiled the current DL1050, the big V-Strom, um, with its updated DR Big-inspired looks. And now it looks like Suzuki's getting ready to do this a similar job to the 650, except a lot of people are theorizing that, one, it's not going to be a 650 anymore. It's going to be somewhere around a 700. 
And also the V twin is gone. So going by these um, spy shots and it's a bit pixelated, everyone's using the same images, but everyone's coming to the same conclusions. 21 inch front wheel, which to a lot of people will be a signal that Suzuki's finally taking the more off-road um, adventure market seriously and parallel twin engines. So that legendary, what, 22-year-old, 23-year-old V-twin from the SV650, which debuted in 1999, is being retired by the looks of it. So you've got a whole new chassis, um, all new setup. It's going to be really, really interesting to see um, if this bike turns out to be an all-new V-Strom and if it comes out at ICMA, which is beginning of November. Interesting. Looking forward to it. Check it out uh, at um, onthrottle.co.nz. It's been a busy week for me, Matt, um, between losing a job and not having anything to do and shuffling <laughs> motorbikes around Wellington. Um, I, on, oh, it must have been a week ago now. Yeah, it was last weekend. I took the Beta RR430 into Motorazzi, the local um the local beta dealer for its 10 hour service and because i was working all week i had to leave it there for the week uh and i got it back on saturday last week um and i i picked it up on the trailer drove all the way back to upper heart put it in my garage and then went yeah i might start that up and have we play around in the backyard and i couldn't for the life of me get it to start and um we mucked around with it and finally the battery went flat and I went bugger it I have to take it back into Motorazzi um, Doc from Motorazzi actually came out from the centre of town on his beta he rode out to my place to have a look and we replaced the battery and we just couldn't get it to go turns out it was a, a dodgy uh, spark plug not so much a dodgy spark plug but a fouled spark plug uh, I caught up with Doc once we diagnosed the problem fixed the problem and um and got it back on the trailer. Have a listen to this. All right, here we are at Motorazi or Scooterazi in Wellington City. They are Suzuki dealers. And uh, there's a few things here that you wouldn't expect to see in a lot of dealers. They've got some electric bikes here. They've got the Beaters as well. Aprilia, they've got the Tuareg. Fantastic looking bike that is. And if I come down the front here, there's a couple of Urals. Have you ever heard of a Ural? They're Russian as far as I know with a sidecar. How cool is that? Russian versions of what I would say a BMW R100GS would be, but old school, very, very cool motorbikes. We're catching up with Doc. He's the uh, head salesman here at Motorazi. And of course, I'm here because the Beta has been dropped off here, the mighty RR430. Uh, g'day, Doc. You've been, riding your, you've been riding your Beta around lately, haven't you? Oh, yeah, mate. Always riding my 480, you know, just seeing how it runs, how it performs, taking it up the hill and back, going off road all that sort of stuff. You've been doing like a long-term kind of uh, test case. We checked out the other day your hour meter is up to 260 hours uh, and you got 50 on that before the meter was put on the bike. So about, yeah. 300 hours on an engine that hasn't been opened. It's a, it's a bit of an interesting sort of test and it, honestly it's not always intentional but I am the roughest 
in here when it comes to that kind of stuff and uh, I'm the best person to crash test dummy this bike and see what goes on. I have bought it myself and I am sort of determined to see how long the engine will last so we know when customers come in we can give them an accurate answer for if they're going to be riding on the road or off road or a bit of both they know that they could extend that engine rebuild just a little bit if they need to which is quite important. So our beta 430RR uh, has just hit, well it's at 9 hours but I got it in for its 10 hour service a, l- a fraction early um, what have we done to it? So it's just a nice, simple first service. So we just drop the engine oils out. We go through, we check everything. Um, so we go through, we check the spark plugs, stuff like that. Um, though we have noted that they have fouled up a little bit from just short little runs. Still learning about the bikes ourselves a wee bit, but, I mean, an engine is an engine is an engine. Um, but real nice and simple, just a high-quality oil replacement, both gearbox well, it's a two-stroke, no, it is the four-stroke. Um, just the gearbox and the engine oil, really simple and easy, new filter, um, iridium spark plug just to get that little bit of extra time and performance out of it so it lasts a bit longer. And then um, whip it all back together and send it out on the road. You barely need to pull them pieces for the first service, which is good. It's just making sure nothing else is falling off as well at the same time, just checking all the bolts, make sure no cords are out of the wrong places and rubbing on things they shouldn't, all that sort of stuff. So um, as far as running goes, I mean, I've done a 10-hour service. We'd, when are, we, when are we talking servicing next? How many how many hours for a next service? The next service is now at 30 hours, so you've got a nice, decent amount of time. You should be able to do a good, decent amount of riding on that 30 hours, unless it's road riding, and that's about... It's about 2,000 Ks, which if you're riding a lot on a motard, it's like somebody we've just been talking about, um, doesn't last very long at all. Um, but off-road, that 30 hours is like a good depending on the ride, a good couple months worth of riding. Um, and then the next service is not super extensive. We don't have to worry too much until the 90 hours it reaches, and that's when we do the top end rebuild. Um, but 30 hours is, again, just nice and simple. Oil's out, fresh oil's back in, new filter. We will play, we'll, we'll check the spark plug again, probably replace it at the 30 hour mark. Um, go through, probably a replacement air filter. Um, and again, just going through, making sure all the bolts are tight and nothing's rattling loose and then 60 hours we'll do a bit of a valve clearance check pull the top engine off make sure nothing's too funky and we'll go from there and, and, and it's a standard dirt bike um, well I'm using it as a standard dirt bike so we're doing air filter every ride checking oil and um, coolant levels every ride and just, just riding it yeah I mean that's what they're built for they're built to be ridden and if mine is anything to go by as long as you're checking on those fluids and keeping them topped up and fresh They'll just keep going, which is great to know. Awesome. Thanks, Doc. Come and see the team at Motorazi, Scooterazi. What are you? Motorazi or Scooterazi? You're a bit of both. We're a bit of both. So Motorazi is the official name now because we want people to know we sell motorcycles as well as scooters. But yes, we do scooters. And to be honest, they're awesome. You've got some very, very cool machines. This one in front of us is sold, but tell us about it. Ah, so we've just got a brand new factory Tuono V4 in black and gold. It's for one of my favourite customers. He has been waiting a fair amount of time, as everybody has been in this whole fun of situation with COVID and delays and shipping and all that bullcrackery that goes along with it. But it's finally arrived. It's extremely gorgeous. I'm very excited to see it up and running in the chap on it, and I hope to see him out riding. And I just literally said to the truck driver, that dropped off I hope to see him absolutely deal to it because it is the kind of bike that you want to see on one wheel making as much noise as possible and he's definitely the man to be doing it so 
it's going to be really cool to see that go out. Really pressed. You got some other cool things in here. You got a couple of Urals with sidecar. Yeah, we've got some Urals as well. So we got the dealership about a year and a half ago. We've sold six. So. Obviously, you guys can't see it who's listening, but we've got a beautiful, imagine like a British racing green, but with a bit more silver, a bit darker, um, sitting in the shop floor, and a nice bright orange one as well. The bright orange one is the bosses, and a demo if anyone wants to come down and be brave enough to take it out for a spin, or even just in the sidecar. Um, the green one is a customer's who's just had his first service, and then that bike is going to go on a nice, big, long off-road adventure with his missus all through New Zealand. So he's looking to cover about three and a half thousand k's on that bike off-road so that should be interesting and should be pretty easy with two-wheel drive and you know low ratio gearbox and all that sort of cool shit that comes with them you know beautifully made there's some cool stuff in here come and see the team at motorazzi 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 um and a full range of uh, gear i see some krieger stuff up there as well heaps of helmets um so heaps going on here thanks for sorting out my bike i think it's time to go get it dirty yeah definitely go get it dirty i hope to see uh mud in places that it shouldn't be when we do the next service <laughs> that means i can't clean it <laughs> So there you go, the beta is now tucked up back in my garage and uh, good as gold and I'm looking forward to getting out on that in the dirt. But I probably won't be getting out on it for Burn Buster, Matt. Now you and I have been talking about Burn Buster for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been almost keen to come and steal your bike and take it around Burnbuster. I'm like, come on, Matt, you've got a CRF. Just go for it. Just get out and ride it a bloody trail ride. So we've we've locked it in. Uh Burnbuster. Yes, we have accommodation we booked it, now. <laughs> yeah. As we're recording this podcast, it's next weekend. But as you're listening to it, it it might have been last weekend. It t- dates really must mess with my head so we won't worry about that but we're going to burn buster in september matt you're taking rosie the rally yes so um i've had to do a bit of work to rosie um to get it ready um so obviously i had the tires i've got the bnb bash plates so i know that my custom sump plug um will be safe from anything coming up from underneath it um, pulled the mirrors off, but uh, most importantly, I re- rebuilt my clutch, which was a bit daunting um, because when Tal, Dave and I went up to Rapero Beach over Matariki, um, I cooked my clutch somewhat and looking at the, the steel discs that came out, I did a pretty good job of a couple of them. Um, they're quite nice blue, shiny blue colours. Um, so uh, yeah, I replaced the clutch, I um, upgraded it as they say, um, I got rid of the judder springs at the back of the clutch pack and replaced the clutch with one from a CBR250R, um, which has um, all full-size um, fibre plates, all the same size. And um, I chucked on some heavy-duty springs for a good measure too. So, yeah, I've not particularly tested it. I know that the coolant and the oil have not been mixing. As far as I can tell, the bike starts, it shifts through gears. So all that I have left to do is to chuck my 13-tooth sprocket back on. And, um, yeah, I think I'll be ready. Oh, and i got to pump up the tyres because the bike's been sitting basically since Matariki. hasn't been ridden for a couple of months. So, 
yeah, got to pump up the tyres. Might be a good idea to get that out and do a few laps around the block and just make sure it's all running <laughs> right. Um, but our, our mate Tal from um, Derby Accessories, the guys behind motogear.co.nz with a brand new website just by the by, and I don't, th- I don't know if I was meant to tell you that. Um, they Tal put the challenge to me after seeing um, Paul Tarius take on uh, Romaniacs on a Tenere 700. He goes, come on, bro. If Paul can do Romaniacs, you can do a trail ride on your T7. And I said, dude, are you serious? I've got a Beta 430 sitting in my garage. Why would I take the T7? He goes, if I give you, if I sort you out with a brand new set of uh, Maxxis Enduro tires, will you take the T7 around uh, Burnbuster? And I said, sure. I doubt you're going to give me a free set of tires. But... A free set of tyres showed up at my house. <laughs> so this Friday at 8am, I'm down to see our friends at Motomart. I'm going to get the Enduro tyres, the Maxxis Enduros, put on the T7. Then it's going straight back on the trailer and I'm coming up to Topor. Saturday, you and me are hitting Boom Buster on adventure bikes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> your bike, I don't I don't think many people would not do a boom buster on a CRF two fifty, whether that be the L or the rally. Yeah. I've actually seen pictures but, of a guy doing it on a CRF two fifty L. So yeah, not not in bad company really. <laughs> Anytime you see a bike go past you or a bike on the side of the trail at a trail ride with a number plate, <laughs> it, it's one of those, those, what's going on here? One of those moments. <laughs> I'm going to do a trail ride finally on the Tenere 700 in full comfort. I'm going to have my <laughs> phone, my brand new iPhone 13 sitting on my uh, inductive charger so up on the dash there. Ooh. I'm going to have my tank bag with my uh, cameras in it. Uh, I'm going to have maybe a tail bag with some snacks, maybe a little picnic, maybe uh, put the pic- put, get, get the picnic basket out. We can sit and sit around and have some, some bubbles while we... Uh, you seem to be, be taking a very different plan to this because I've taken everything off Rosie. I've taken the rear rack off. I've unlooped all of the stuff that holds my tank bag on. The only thing. Yeah, you've gone for lightning, haven't you? Yeah, well, well, that's the idea, really. And um, yeah, extra, well, fewer things to break potentially, though I will be doing the same thing. I will be putting a trusty iPhone on, except it's the old old reliable or unreliable as it's proven to be sometimes when it's in the hands of the kids um iphone 6s um and uh yeah that's basically it i'll use my backpack and uh that's all i'm planning on taking on this trail ride because i've never done one before so um yeah i figure light is right it'll be a shock to the senses for you i think um but i think you'll also be surprised at just how much not hard it is um, if you're going to do a trail ride, the Epic Events trail rides around Taupo at Central Plateau are the ones to do. All the soil around there is pumice, good draining soil. You're still going to get a few mud holes, but it's going to be it's going to be uh, good traction. And I think as long as you've got a decent set of tyres, you'll be fine. I'm going the opposite to you, though. <laughs> I'm not taking anything off the bike. I'm keeping the number plate. The wing mirrors are staying on. I'm doing this in full road, guys, apart from those tyres, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I've taken the mirrors off, and I really like the look of the rally with the mirrors off. Like, I was looking at it today going, oh, you know what would be great? If someone did some bark busters with built-in like mirrors, just so you can say, I've got mirrors. They're built into the things. And indicators in there yeah. as well. 
Yeah, I've noticed one of my indicators is a bit broken, but it's still sitting in place, so it's fine. Like, we'll worry about the warrant when I go to it. <laughs> we'll endeavour to record a podcast at Burn Buster so you can get a taste of it. We'll also be filming and putting uh, videos out on our channels, so make sure you're following uh, onthrottle.co.nz and motonz.com. Matt's got a brand new helmet. I've got some brand new gear as well. I'm going to be rocking the, um, the Revit Dirt Series gear and the uh, Arrow wrap helmet uh looking forward to that um I think it's gonna be good i'm gonna enjoy it i can't wait man like i'm really excited like i booked a trailer and everything i'm like 500 bucks in the hole right now like just in prep i'm like going yeah this is, this is so long as i got petrol in the car i think i'll be right <laughs> so if you want to know what happens hit that like button hit that subscribe button follow along share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours otherwise this is kiwi writer podcast if you want to get hold of us email us podcast at kiwiwriter.co.nz we're on social media as well facebook instagram tiktok check out the magazine at kiwiwriter.co.nz matt's website on throttle.co.nz mine motonz.com otherwise enjoy uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you nice and muddy in seven days' time. September is Motorcycle Awareness Month. This year, it's all about riders showing support for each other. You can do that by wearing something yellow. Wear yellow gloves, a yellow vest, or a bit of tape on your helmet. Wear yellow, however you like. The brighter, the better. And thanks to Motorcycle Awareness Month for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast.